You know, I think it's safe to say that even though we're only in May, 2018 has been a banner year for Natasha Wodak. Running 15:39 in a British Columbia 5K road race, followed by an impressive 5th place Commonwealth Games 10,000 finish that Sar gutted out with the medalist to the very end. And really, given how she's been racing, it almost seems sure that there are more impressive accomplishments to come. This week, we sit down and chat with Olympian and Canadian record holder Natasha Wodak, talking about the Commonwealth's coaching changes, another possible shot at the marathon, and the racing state of mind. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Twitter and Instagram, a Tracky Radio production. Okay, so let's talk about Commonwealth Games here for a second. You came in fifth, and I think a lot of people, you know, saw the video of, of the last lap or the last two laps where you were, you know, totally in it. You were within striking distance of a medal, and that has got to be so, so huge for you. Perhaps maybe we should start with where were you before that video was? I mean, w- describe like the first, uh, I don't know, I guess 9,600 meters of the race. Yeah, I um, I just watched it back actually in its entirety last week, and I'm like, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the plan. The plan was, you know, if it was not fast and if there was a pack, I would stay out of trouble and stay in the back and do not run in lane two. So I did just that. I did my very best to stay on the rail and stay out of trouble and run in the back of the pack and I would from time to time I would sort of look up and look around and see what was happening up there and nothing there was nothing happening so you know there'd be times where girls would one girl would drop off and I would just go around her and then tuck back in the very last spot and it's funny because um my boyfriend was obviously there and he was watching and he was cheering, and this dad and his two sons asked who he was cheering for, and, and he said, oh, you know, Natasha Wodak in the back there. And they're like, <laughs> oh, the girl in last place? <laughs> and and then the little boys were, like, all disappointed, right? Oh. <laughs> and then he's like, wait for it, kids. <laughs> and then as they started to move up, they all got really excited and stuff. But, <laughs> yeah, so I was just trying to stay patient and remember trying to save as much mental and physical um, energy as I could and be ready for that move and around um, Lynn had told me at 7k or 8k that's when you that's when the race begins and that's when you start to work and that's exactly what happened I made a bit of a move with about um, six laps to go and just made sure I was you know right right ready to strike when when I'm when a move was made when that when that push happened so well, I mean, you made that you made that really big kick at the end, and uh, it was impressive to watch because, you know, you've you've shown it a bit in your career, but I don't think we've seen it quite to that magnitude before. You know, is that something that you've been working on? Yes, absolutely, hundred um, percent. You know, through throughout my career, like I've done a ton of mileage, and you know, working with Richard Lee um, over the last three years before Lynn, like. You know, I was able to build up a lot of strength, like, and so that, I had that part down, right? I was fully confident in the strength, and when I started working with Lynn last year, we're like, okay, now we need to work on, like, the speed and the closing kick, and who better to teach me that than our 1,500-meter record holder, Lynn, mm-hmm. right? She's, so I trusted everything she told me this last year and how to get 
that kick and how to to make sure when I was at the end of a 10,000, I would find that next level. And so we would, we were practicing running hard 200s and hard 400s at the end of a workout. And I was always able to find that extra gear at the end of the workout. And we were working on, you know, just like using my arms and I'd never really done that before, you know, like just pumping them and getting my elbows tucked in and my hands, like basically hitting myself in the face. And (laughs) I felt so stupid when I was, when I was training doing it, but it was working and I was running, you know, I ran some of my fastest 400s and 200s of my life over, you know, in February, March. So when I was, you know, when I went to Commonwealth games, I was confident that if it came down to that last 400 or 600 or 800, that no matter how tired I was, I was going to be able to find that next gear because we had trained so hard for it. You know, that that's one thing that I know that pretty much with the, the longer the races, the, the more psychology is involved. And, and you talk about, you know, hanging with that with that front pack and having the confidence to to go with the leaders when when they took off. Is, is that something that, you, that you've worked on o- over your career? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I'm I'm still learning how to run these championship races. Um, but I, I have had a few now and, and before it was kind of like, okay, I'm just there to do the best for me. And, you know, I'm not a contender, but with Commonwealth games, like I knew that I was capable of winning a medal and I really believed it. And that was the difference going in is like not doubting myself and really believing that I was capable of winning a medal. And I think that, you know, people that watch could really see that, sparking me that confidence and it was really it was really something I've never I've never raced like that before I've never had such confidence and um yeah well you mentioned you mentioned all this confidence and and really taking uh, you know steps forward in your career you were supposed to run Peyton Jordan uh, unfortunately you, you had a bit of an illness and stuff um you know is is there plans to to maybe jump in it in another race this season yeah, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, I really, really wanted to go to Peyton Jordan and run a fast 10,000, you know, hopefully lower my Canadian record, but um, it just, it was too soon. You know, I, I got home from Commonwealth Games, I got a, a cold, I tried to, you know, salvage myself and my <laughs> and get ready for the sun run, and then the sun run just drained me, and of course, this week, I ended up sicker than I, I was before, so... I knew there was no chance for Peyton Jordan, but I'm hopeful that, you know, maybe in, in June um, I can find a, a 10,000. They're so hard to find. Um, you know, I don't want to go and just run like 32 minutes. If I run a 10,000 on the track, I want it to be fast. And I don't know. I, I'm looking. I'm looking to see if I can find that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, un- unfortunately, I mean, I guess this is really the time of year to to jump into, you know, a super fast one. You know, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that uh, that you have a new coach, and we'll return to that in a second. But uh, for people who haven't checked it out, uh, your Instagram at Tasha underscore Wodak, there's an excellent video of uh, of your boyfriend uh, cheering you on at the, at the during the last part <laughs> of that uh, that Commonwealth Games um, race, and it's. It's definitely worth checking out. If you haven't done it, go check it out as soon as possible. What what was that like having you know people there to support you through all this? You know, did, were you able to hear them and and did they make a difference in the race? 
Oh my goodness, that video. I, you know what's crazy is I could not hear him. <laughs> and he was in the front row and he was absolutely screaming. Like he was raspy for days after that. But because I was running like basically next to the Australian in that last few hundred, the crowd was going nuts for the Australian girl. So all I, you know, I couldn't hear anything. It was so loud in there. Um, but it was, it was so incredible having Alan there. He was there for a full week leading up to my race and you know it was just really nice and kept things low-key and kept me relaxed and just really chill and I'm so lucky to have so much support and all the support over social media was just crazy people I don't even know wishing me luck and then saying how inspired they were for my race I mean it was incredible and it's such a great running community we have here in Canada you know I have to wonder about uh, about your new coach. I, I think it caught you know quite a few people by surprise when uh, when you left uh, Richard Lee to someone that I don't think you know we're familiar uh, we're familiar of as an athlete, but not so much as a coach. Uh, maybe you could you know educate us a little bit about uh, your new training group and uh, and how that's been going. Yeah, um, back in it's been just over a year now. Um, that I parted from the BC Endurance Project, which was on, you know, fine terms. And Richard's a great coach, and that's a great group, and I wish them well. But it was uh, it was time for a change. And Lynn has been a mentor of mine for years. Her cousin was actually my um, high school track and field coach. So I've known Lynn for a while, and I reached out to her last spring and just said, like, you know, I'm looking – for a change, I'm looking for some new training. Like, what do you what do you think? And she she said she would you know help guide me. And the guiding led into this full on coaching. Like, we were just a, such a great fit right from the start. Like, it was just so easy and so natural and so much fun. And um, yeah. And so at first it was just I was really her only high performance athlete. Like Lynn coaches. Um, she's a coach for. Um, a club in White Rock here in BC and so she coaches you know dozens of high school kids and and whatnot and and she leads all the Vancouver Sun Run clinics all across the province which is you know a huge thing all of those learn to run clinics and whatnot so and she's been the cross-country world cross-country coach and NACAC Pan Am cross-country coach for Team Canada so on the coaching side of things Lynn knows what she's doing and she knows also from experience. I mean, I don't need to run through her resume unless you want to. I think most <laughs> people in Canada know who she is. So do, do I need to tell everyone a little bit about who Lynn Kanuka is? Well, you, you know what? And I don't mean as a this as a diss to her, but it has been a couple of years since since she's run. So, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe the Coles notes would be uh, would be much appreciated. I will give a brief, a brief description of her legendary status is that she is still the current Canadian record holder in the 1500 meter, which she set uh, back in the late eighties, I believe 88 or 89, um, which is four minutes flat 0.27. She also has the Canadian record, which a lot of people don't know in the 10 K on the road, which is exactly the same as my 10,000 on the track, hmm. 31, 41, which she set back in the eighties. So right there she holds two canadian records that have stood for like what 30 years in a 10k and a 1500 like yeah that's pretty incredible <laughs> she got a bronze medal in the olympic games in the 3000 meters she was fifth 
at the Seoul Olympics in the 1500 meters. Uh, she was a bronze medalist in World Cross Country Championships. Um, so the woman had range, and she retired before she was 30. So she did all of that before I even got started hmm. in my career, really. So um, when she ta- when she tells me how to run a championship race and she tells me how to train, I know it it worked for her. So I've just completely trusted her in everything that she said along this way. That was just a little brief recap of some of her accomplishments. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's especially notable when you when you look at all the all the mid distance runners that we've had since who, um, you know, I would consider to be pretty good, if not really great. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, like obviously, her her records have have stood the test of time. One th- one thing that I'm wondering about is, you know, every coach kind of has their their own little signature, some some things that they really really like to focus on. Um, you know, have you noticed a shift in, in that? I mean, you alluded to it with your, with your kick, but, uh, you know, is there, is there anything else that, that she really, uh, really pays attention to the details on? Um, yeah, there's a few things that we've, that, that we've changed in my training, which is similar to what she used to do is like, um, I'm very, I'm a very fragile athlete. Lynn also used to get injured quite a bit. And so, you know, I cross train a lot more than I used to. And so I don't, I rarely double run. I will elliptical or pool run in the morning and then run in the afternoon about three times a week. Um, and most people just double run and, and whatnot. So I don't run more than a hundred kilometers a week ever, um, which is a little strange for a 10K <laughs> runner. So that's one thing that we've really, um, it's, it, at first it, it took me a while to trust to trust that it, that was okay and I've gotten into the best fitness of my life and I feel fantastic and I'm healthy. I don't feel like I've been hit by a car all the time. I feel great. So this sickness that I've got, it's the first time I've been sick in over a year and I've, I'm knocking on wood, but I also haven't been injured in over a year, which is, makes me smile. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we, we were talking a little bit, uh, you know, off the record uh, about your consistency, how, you know, I've, I've noticed for sure that that the peaks, your fastest times of the of the season have been, you know, overall pretty consistent. I mean, you, you disagreed a little bit with me, but you know, how, how are you able to do that? I mean, at, the, at this point, you're, I guess you're in your, your mid 30s and stuff. And people would say, well, by right, she should be slowing down, but that's not the case at all. How have you been able to, you know, maintain yourself? Um, I think in the last four years, um, really, it was it was it seems consistent just because I kept getting injured at the same time. So three years in a row, I had to take basically time off uh, around. I believe it was like well, not three. So it was 2016 and 2017. I had stress reaction both times around the same time I had a surgery on my foot and then I had time off. So my build towards world championships and the Olympics that were both in August was exactly the same because I had taken that chunk of time off at Christmas time. So I peaked and then I just, Oh, would take a break and then start again. Um, and, and generally also with Commonwealth games, it was like, that was my main focus was that, that was my main goal. So we really, um, you know, we tapered, we did everything right for Commonwealth to sort of peak at that exact time. Um, but what I am finding is that I'm taking, you know, as I am getting older, it's taking me longer to um, recover. 
and I need to, I'm, I'm trying my hardest to be patient with that. And I'm realizing that I can't race every weekend and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I'm, I'm not maybe racing as much as I used to, I guess. So it's easier to run well and seem consistent when you're not having more races to run shitty in. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I think, uh, I think anyone who's listening to the, this episode can probably, uh, probably relate with that uh, a little more than they they would like to for sure um you know a big thing for you this season was uh i noticed you tweeted about it but uh you you were talking about how you have uh there's always been a little bit of a curse on your on your 5k running you've never really been <laughs> able to you know match your match your 5k time to you know the equivalent in in your 10k time of course that that changed this year at the st patrick's day run uh you know what was that race all about and and how were you able to to put that race together? Oh, the five k curse! <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that. Yeah, actually, I ran a PB in my five in my ten thousand through five k at Commonwealth Games. I ran fifteen thirty six. I'm like, I know I should be running so much faster than that in a flat five k, but it just doesn't seem to happen. But um, St. Patty's Day. Um, I had been in California uh, a few weeks uh, for a few weeks right before that, so we had really done a lot of a lot of speed work. We took advantage of the sun. Um, we got out there. We did some fast stuff on the track. So when I showed up for St. Patty's Day, I mean, I was ready to run fast. Like I felt, you know, I had done a couple fifteen hundred meter workouts, and I had already had the strength, so I felt like I was really ready and to get out there and run fast and. Um, it was nice that it came through. It was nice that I was able to run that big, you know, big, whatever it was, 20-second PB on the road. So, yep. yeah, it was a good confidence builder going into um, Commonwealth. You know, one other person who's had a really good year on the roads as well and also raced with you in Commonwealth game at the Commonwealth Games is, is Rachel Cliff, the Canadian half-marathon record holder. Um, I would say at this point, perhaps it's it's in everyone's minds, but you know, not in real life. But you guys seem to have like a real rivalry going on. You know, you guys will trade off wins and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, what's what's your relationship with Rachel? And and uh, you know, do you kind of feed off each other um, when it comes race time? Yeah, um, there's a lot of you know talk on social media about oh Rachel and Tasha going head to head, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, we're friends, right? Like we like each other. <laughs> it's, I like racing her. I think we definitely bring out the best in each other. Um, you know, when, when we've been in races together, like in Houston, uh, Houston half marathon in January, she had, she had went out harder than me and I came up next to her around 13 K and said, you know, like let's work together. And, and we did, we ran together for, you know, a few K, um, and, it, you know, I think that's really helpful for both of us. Um, and then, you know, Commonwealth Games, I, you know, Rachel's there racing, and that's great, but, like, I, I don't think of it as, oh, I'm racing Rachel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, people are like, oh, they're going head-to-head again. I'm like, no, like, we're, we're two women racing for Canada, representing our country, and we're there, you know, to work together to bring out the best in each other and run the best for our country and, I think that's, you know, what we did. And, you know, it was nice to have her there and to be able to have a nice hug at the finish line. And um, I'm really proud of her and all of her accomplishments this year. Um, Her half marathon time was exceptional and uh, she worked very hard for it. And, 
and was very humble going into it and after it. And um, I don't think people really realize how freaking fast <laughs> 70 minutes is. I mean, that is fast. So, yeah, she's running Pete and Jordan tomorrow. And uh, I was texting her a bit yesterday and wished her luck. And I hope that she's able to run a PB. And she's definitely fit and capable of running well under 32 minutes. So I wish her the best. And there's no you know, weird rivalry between us like, <laughs> for <her> friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that you guys, you know, live in, in pretty close to each other. And so you're towing the line at, at a lot of the same races and stuff. So I, you know, I honestly think that that head to head matchups like that, maybe rivalry is, is an overused and um, maybe cliched term at, at this point, but it, it is kind of neat to watch, you know, two runners consistently go at it and, uh, you know, different results every single time as well, too. Uh, kind of on that note, I, you know, I, I notice in a lot of your social media, um, you post a lot about, uh, you know, lifting up other female, um, competitors and stuff like that and, and making sure that that support is, is always there. Why, why is that important to you? Well, because we're better together. <laughs> uh, um, because I am so incredibly fortunate to have so many strong women in my life. And the majority of my great friends, I've gotten through the running community. And when I've had rough times, they've been there to pick me up, to go for a you know, run with me when I'm feeling down or just come to the track and cheer me on like... Um, I definitely think it's better to work together than to, you know, tear each other down or be jealous, jealous of each other's accomplishments. From one serious conversation to another, um, I think everyone really wants to know and has been on everyone's mind. How is Sam the cat doing? Um, I I don't know (laughs) that I've seen him in in an Instagram story in the past couple of days. How's he doing? Sammy Cat is excellent. He is currently napping right next to me. <laughs> he had a bit of a crazy morning as we were at 5.45 uh, trying to chase away the woodpecker <laughs> that keeps pecking at our house. So yeah. if you follow my Instagram, you will see the ongoing story of the woodpecker. <laughs> and, uh, and you can do that uh, at Tasha underscore Wodak, um, you know, one one last question we have to know what's what's going on for for the rest of your season, whether it be road races or you know what? on the on the track. <laughs> well, um, I, I'm feeling better today. Got to go for a little jog, so I'm hoping that I can run the BMO half marathon this Sunday. It is Lynn is the um, elite athlete coordinator, so I'd love to go and. And run it and as a support of the Vancouver running community and not necessarily, you know, race it all out, but go and run and have fun and enjoy the day. Um, and then after that, I don't have anything planned until um, Ottawa 10K Road Race Nationals. Hmm. Um, so I'll go out there and run that. And then in June, I'm either going to stick to the roads or I'm going to try and find a fast 10,000 if I'm feeling fit. So. We'll see. And then, you know, in the fall, there might be uh, might be a marathon on my itinerary. We'll see. So. Well, well, you know, the Commonwealth Game uh, announcers, they, they introduced you as marathon runner Natasha Wodak. Maybe, maybe it was a little bit of foreshadowing. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I'm, I look at my introduction and it's like, this is Natasha Wodak, a 235 marathoner. <laughs> I'm like, really? You're not going to say, like, this is Natasha Wodak, 
the Canadian 10,000 record holders <laughs> is about 10,000, not a marathon. <laughs> so weird. You know, I, I lied a little bit. One last question for you. Tokyo 2020, question mark? Absolutely. Okay, so so you you still oh, see mark. you you still see a couple uh, of years to go and maybe beyond twenty twenty. I'm gonna guess. Um, you know what? I don't feel like I'm slowing down right now, and I'm I'm gonna ride this running wave as long as I possibly can because it's a pretty awesome journey. Well, you know, I think that is an answer that that we can all respect as as runners. And uh, hey, we wish you. The very very best uh, as you go forward this year and all the way in the future. It's it's been a lot of fun to uh, to watch you do what you do on the on the track and on the roads. And uh, you know, thanks a lot for for being on the show this week, Natasha. Thanks so much for having me. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, Natasha, as well as to Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at the Terminal Mile. We're also on Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, iTunes. And of course, tracky.ca. Big thanks to you for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. <laughs> <laughs>